Welcome to Do It Today. I'm Kara Katruzula. I realize I've never said who I am on this podcast before, so I thought I should give that a try. Today I'm excited for you to meet Tyrone L. Robinson, actor, writer, director, composer, and all-around fantastic guy. We talk about hitting deadlines, being a big nerd about research, and the importance of the first draft. Let's hear from Tyrone. It's just been like a really productive time. Work is busy and trying to just make the best out of it all. You know what's really cool, like I'm figuring out, Kara, is like enjoying just the relationships and meeting new people and, you know, work with a lot of different artists. I don't know, just inspiring to see everyone's navigating a summer week. You'd think it'd be a dead time, but yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how um, the productivity drives so much of what we do. I've had to become more intentional about getting myself out of a vacuum. Last Friday, I'm, I'm working with a wig hair designer on a project. And so we were going to do a Zoom and I was like, you know what, let's meet for a drink. So so we actually met in Midtown and, and you know, like actually like got all like cleaned up and shaved and because I had never met her in person before. We, we had a first meeting on Zoom and then we've been communicating through email. And then like we met in Midtown and we had a lovely time. She ordered appetizers, you know, I bought, you know, drinks for us and, and we just enjoyed a little like time to just get to know each other. And, you know, I found out like she worked on the TV show Soul Train that I grew up watching on TV every Saturday morning. I'm finding that like getting out of my workspace, getting out of my apartment, you know, going like to actual physical locations to meet people is, is a part of how I'm kind of breaking things up for myself. You know, I just talked on the phone this morning with a director who I've, I've been her associate a couple of times on a couple of things. And she's just, she's an incredible director and like I admire her so much and just have learned incredible amounts from being in the room with her. You know, so like touch your basis with people who are kind of doing what you want to be doing one day. One of my, I hesitate to call him a mentor, but definitely somebody who I like have looked up to ever since I was younger. I took him out to lunch a couple of weeks ago and just like kind of sitting and listening to his story. He's working on a couple of new projects right now. So just being able to kind of idolize him, you know, and just like learn from him because it just inspires me. Like I come home and I, I just, I want to do more to like be better. I mean, you're a director, actor, writer, composer. I like to consider you just a man of all trades. And then my own life became a lot better when we met a few months ago when you directed the short musical I wrote with Chris Bjarke, Letters from May. And you're such a generous collaborator and skilled director in the room. Everyone in the cast was just like, oh my gosh, we get to work with Tyrone. It was a 10 minute musical, but it was was such an important occasion, I think, for a lot of us. I was wondering how you just learn to be like that in a room. Does it come from your history as an actor? Does it come from observing, you know, mentors and directors, people you've worked with, who you admire? Where does that come from? Or is that just who you are? Thank you for saying that, for all those nice things. The number one thing that I always feel is my job to do as the director on a project, whether it be a a big project or a small project, is to make everybody in the room feel safe that they can bring their best work. You know, whether they be the producer, obviously, or the the writers, the actors, musical director, you know, and everybody in between. Because once a room becomes a place where people don't feel safe, then people can't be creative and people can't play. As a kid, I mean, I remember playing in my playroom. We had a playroom when I was like, you know, a little boy. And. I remember being five years old and like building forts with my brother. You know, it was a space where we could like anything was possible and we could just play and like make believe. And that was where I think I first started envisioning worlds and like being a director. I kind of try to treat every room like a playroom. And, you know, obviously I, I have the singular vision, but it's it's about making people feel safe. And then I think beyond that, anything is possible. You know, everybody's been invited into the room because they're talented, because, you know, they have the resume, they have the abilities, you know, they've been through an audition process or whatever. 
So we've all been vetted before we get there. <laughs> so once we're there, it's like, let's just play and, and, you know, let's feel safe to explore and create and let our best talents shine and glow and, and radiate with each other. Yeah, and you obviously do so much sort of pre-work and background work and research and stuff before you enter a project. So I was wondering if we can drill down into like an actual day in the life of Tyrone. You have things six months in the future, you have things coming up next month. Like what does today look like? So it's a little bit of all that. First of all, my day starts, it's kind of funny. So my day starts by doing Wordle. Uh, that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> the minute I open my eyes, because that's that's something that I share with my my husband. Uh, we we both wordle, so I, I do wordle, and then you know either he'll do it at the same time, or whoever finishes it first will send their results to the other, and we'll text the results to the other one. You know, if I'm with my dog, because sometimes I'm not in the same place as my dog, I love to like take my dog for his morning walk and coffee, and then sort of everything else comes at that. I've got um, some Zoom meetings lined up with designers tomorrow, and then for the show that I'm doing next month. Today, I've got a writing deadline. So um, I've been working on that all weekend and working on different things, sending revisions to my writing partner, getting his thoughts. So today is the day that I will actually put all of the work together that I've been working on as like four or five days. And I will present that all in just a, a Dropbox for the producer and, and the dramaturg and people like that. And my writing partner, you know, that's what most of today will be spent doing is putting all that work together because that's, you know, today's the deadline day. So how I sort of parse out and balance the other things that are going on, you know, projects that are six months from now, that type of thing. I feel like they're always kind of in the back of my mind. And I usually try to take a little bit of time weekly to give thought to and do a little bit of research on every single thing that I'm working on. And so that is something that I'm always kind of mindful of and aware of. Are you scheduling that into your week or do you kind Absolutely. of, yeah. I had a feeling you were organized. Is it the Google calendar where you're like, okay, this project might not be happening for nine months, but I need to do an hour of research into this one specific period of time. Yeah. Or how does that look for you? Well, and I love research. I was literally the director who I talked to this morning. We both love research. I'm a big nerd. I love research so much. And I was like, how do you, how do you know when to stop researching? Cause you can over, <laughs> you can totally over research. And, and she said the wisest thing, which is something I I've always known, but the idea that, you know, you can stand there and lecture to your past all you want to, but that's not going to necessarily help them act better. You know, there is a such thing as like, okay, I have the vision, I have enough research done that I know how I want to proceed and, and how this particular project will move forward and um, an approach to it. But yeah, so it, it all um, is scheduled. You know, I think that I'm more organized than I probably give myself credit for just because, you know, if I don't, if I don't do that, then I don't think I'll procrastinate, but I think it'll end up being easy not to really do like quality work ahead of something being due. I just uh, signed on to do a show that starts rehearsals in six months. I mean, literally the minute that I confirmed that I was going to do it, I started the basic research process. I probably spent 20 or 30 minutes on it, but just enough to be like, okay, you know, here's the source material. Um, you know, I'm going to check these books out from the library. I want to look at these images and, you know, I'll spend two hours maybe on Saturday with coffee or, or a snack and literally just doing research. And this is something one of my teacher mentors taught me. Research is really where it all starts. I mean, you have to have that basis and that understanding of the source material and you know, the context in which it was created, that all feeds how the process sort of lives in my mind as I'm preparing. The most important part of the process, to be honest with you, is like what you, Chris and I got into, and this is my favorite part, is when we all start collaborating and we start talking together, especially with writers, then I can bring to you guys, you know, oh my God, you know, I found this, you know, I discovered this about impressionistic painters and this timeline idea that I had uh, with you guys' piece. 
and I asked you guys about what's your vision for the presentation that we did. That collaboration and that start of how we all synthesize our vision and our passion for the project together, that's where it really starts to get fun because I feel like that's where it starts to come to life in essence. And then you add designers to it, the project that is six months from now, the whole thing now is just to start putting a team together, you know? So I, I emailed a musical director yesterday. I put a list of designers actually on the radar of the theater so that they can start reaching out. So this is the kind of stuff I'm thinking about way before casting and actually being in rehearsal. I know that the theater has their say in certain things too, but how do you sort of evaluate the people that you're planning to work with and bring in on a team? What does that look like? I mean, I was literally thinking about this yesterday as I was thinking about this, this project that's six months out. I consider that because I'm in a position as a director to actually offer people opportunities to work and get jobs, I think it's part of my responsibility also to be mindful that should be inclusive. I should try to make it as diverse as possible, finding people who I feel like their skill sets align with, with my vision of what you know approach I want to take with, with the project. First and foremost, also being mindful that that should include people of all gender identities, that should include people of all ethnic identities, that should include people of all levels of ability in terms of what they bring to the table. I think it is being recognized at the commercial level, especially that every voice matters. All voices are competent, ready, willing, and able to do the jobs and to do the jobs at the most exceptional levels. So that's that's one thing that I'm, be, I'm being mindful of, just to kind of sidebar. But the cool thing about working on a bunch of different projects is that theaters will share lists with me. You know, here's people that we worked with in the past that we love. So in doing that, I'm getting to meet and learn about a lot of different designers, especially. So I feel like my knowledge is expanding. And if somebody is not particularly right for one project, then of course, like uh, now I know about them, so I can think about them for another project. I don't think I told you this, but after our experience of casting even a short musical, I decided I needed to make a list of everyone that I've ever met. Every actor, every musical director, every director mm -hmm. to sort of say, who do I know? Who has been recommended to me? Instead of digging through all of these old emails from five years ago or trying to trying to remember who that was. So now I just have like this giant Excel sheet of, <laughs> of all the great people who I might want to work with someday. Going back to this writing deadline that you have today, how do you make sure that you're going to hit that basically? Because we all can sort of <laughs> put a deadline on the calendar and then I just move it day to day on my Google calendar. <laughs> I just kick it down week to week. So I believe uh, that you're going to turn this in today. So how is that going to happen? Oh, it's going to get done today. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got my, uh, you should see my desk right here and I literally will tape. I have uh, index cards, color coded. So I literally will like, you know, here are the plot points or the, or the, you know, here's the songs that are due or, or, you know, here's the lyric that they've asked for, whatever. It's task. You know, I'm giving myself tasks on note cards and I'll go through each task and like get each task done. And, and I don't, I can't stop until each task is done. To answer your question, it, it is a, a deadline that is on our contract. It was, you know, scheduled. It is in preparation for a weekend that we're all going to get together and all come together and, and write and work on this one project together. Myself, my writing partner, the producer, artistic director, and his team, who are largely like dramaturgs and people who work at the theater. The idea is, you know, presenting and sharing with them where we are with the piece. It has to get done. It will get done. It's my job. It's funny, like when I was at NYU, that was the best training ground that I could have had because we had weekly assignments. And on top of the weekly assignments that we had that had to be done by a certain time, 
we were rewriting the previous week's labs and we were getting assignments in all of our individual like technique classes. So it was like the best way to learn how to have to like get the writing done, you know, trust your instincts, you know, trust that the first draft may not be perfect, but you can go back and rewrite. You know, it's this sort of like trusting yourself process. So I simply like kind of repeat that when I'm writing. Um, I give myself tasks and the tasks have to get done. You know, I don't try to leave things open ended try to give the best indication of where I'm headed with something and get it down. The graduate program for musical theater writing is sort of notoriously challenging and like you don't have time to overthink, which is something that can happen if you're just, you know, sitting in a room or looking for a collaborator or pulling up a draft for like the 18th time. Once you understand that there are next stages to these pieces, you know that you're going to talk to the producer and your collaborator and then get something on its feet and then it'll go through all of these changes. Does it make that initial draft kind of less precious? That's a really good question. I, I think I'm still always like aiming for, I don't want to say excellence, but I'm, I'm always aiming for doing my best work and not just delivering like a first draft. Like I don't want it, I don't want it to feel like a first draft. I'll give you an example. Like there's there's a song moment that um, I'm musicalizing my writing partner and I've been through probably three drafts of the music. He wrote the lyrics for, for this particular song. I'm helping write the lyrics for other songs, but he wrote the lyrics for this song. And so he was able to like literally make a recording in one of our meetings with him speaking the language the way that he hears it. And he, he heard it completely like much faster than I did. He really saw it being a little more forceful, a little more scrappy, a little more like intense. So um, I went back to the drawing board and I was like, okay, this music that I initially wrote is not going to work for the way that he hears his lyric being sung. But I gave it another pass, you know, took a day and a half to like rethink it. And um, I created a second pass of music for a second melody, still with the same intentions and ideas that I did the first one with, because that, that was sort of my impulse the first time, but definitely with the speed and the you know veracity that he wanted from this lyric. I didn't want to treat it with any less um, importance just because it's the first draft. You know, I didn't want it to feel like, you know, uh, he didn't really put any thought in this. You know, like I've put a lot of thought into it, even though it is the first sort of like draft of it, the first rendering that we're presenting to the theater. And also like the theater is investing. I mean, you know, like they're flying us to the theater to, to spend this weekend. Like there's an investment already happening for this show. So I better, you know, give it my best effort and, and you know, we better try to make it as good as it can be. And also um, it's the starting point. So if you start from a place of like trying to make it as excellent as you can, then imagine where you'll end up a year from now or a year and a half from now when the show is actually, you know, in rehearsals or in workshops or whatever. It reminds me of something you said earlier, which is that this is your job and it's something that you take really seriously. You're going to hit the deadline. We all know that. That's going to happen. And <laughs> what are you going to do when the work is done at the end of the day? Mm, I've been binging HBO Max. So I'll probably go to... <laughs> <laughs> Today, because I haven't cooked in the last couple of days, so I need to cook something. You know, again, like I like to spend as much time with my family as I can when I'm not when I'm not working. Taking my dog to the dog run, which he, he loves. He's a little social guy. Getting outside, like that's that's something I think that's important that we, especially as writers, don't always value. So yeah, part of my time after I finish this writing deadline today will be spent working on preparing for my meetings for tomorrow. Then making sure that I'm coming to those meetings with something substantive to present to them. Because you don't want to meet with a designer and, and not have anything real to share with them. <laughs> <laughs> waste their time. In all seriousness, I think putting the work down and, you know, what my husband and I like to say, like closing the office um, will be important. I'm going to cook a nice meal for myself. I'm going to chill out, talk to my husband on the phone. He's out of town today. Yeah, I'll probably put my feet up and watch some TV later. You deserve it. Thank you. You deserve that HBO Max. Well, thank you so much. I feel really amped up. I'm going to go make some deadlines and then hit some <laughs> deadlines. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.